Psalm 103, and I'm continuing our series called Psalm Sunday because there's special, something special and something sacred about the Psalms. And I'm just highlighting some of my favorites, some old classics, uh, ones that resonate with me when I read them. And I love Psalm 103. How many of you love Psalm 103? Yeah, it's been an encouragement and a benefit to me every time I read it. I want to go ahead and read the first five verses, and then we're going to pray. This is a psalm of David that he wrote. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. He said, bless his holy name, and forget not all of his benefits. Who it says forgives all of your iniquities and heals all your diseases and redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy, and he satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Man, let's pray. Lord, this morning, we just thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the word of the Lord. Thank you, Father, for your great hand of goodness upon our lives. I pray, Lord, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to flow in the house of the Lord today, that you'd open up the eyes of our understanding and show us great and mighty things to come in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen and amen. Mm -mm -mm. Um, I was thinking about some time years ago when I was preparing for the ministry. I had a job at a hotel, and so you got people coming and going all the time, and I remember one, one guy, he was, you know, asking me what I wanted to do with my life. I was a young guy. And I was like, well, I'm preparing to go into the ministry. And he said, really? You know, I've never even thought of that as, as a career field or route. And so, you know, he wanted to know about some things about it. You know, he wanted to know what the pay was like, how you get paid, the, the schedule for it. And, and then he asked me if the job had any benefits. To which I replied, oh, yes, substantial benefits, life insurance, fire insurance, health insurance, you know, the basics. In fact, I said, I have holdings in a mansion that's being built for me right now in my retirement. I think that's the best part of the gig, I told him. The retirement package is out of this world. <laughs> Took him a little bit to figure out what I was saying. You know, you and I are ambassadors for the Lord. We're his representatives. The Bible calls us ministers. And we work for him. Our employee benefits package is filled with precious promises, perks, and privileges. And this morning, I thought it would be fun if we just walked over the employee benefits manual today, the Bible. And I want to highlight for you what I would call five fringe benefits. I've always been intrigued with the phrase fringe benefits. And really what it is, is a company perk. It's what businesses will do to uh, sweeten the deal, to try to enhance you to buy into working for them. Of course, these are not natural benefits, but these are spiritual benefits. These are benefits that will enhance your life spiritually. And the Bible says in Psalm 68, David wrote, daily he loads me with benefits, which means that these benefits are something that can happen to you every day. You can have access to them. You can receive them on a daily basis in your life. So let's just let the Psalms outline themselves. Here he said it in verse 2, I bless the Lord and I forget not all of his benefits. Pretty easy to outline here. Five fringe benefits. Let's look at verse number three. It says, he forgives all of your iniquities, all of your sin. The first thing we could highlight about the benefits package that we are enrolled in is the word forgiveness. That is something that's covered in the covenant. I thank God for it. You know, David, who wrote this psalm, had a pretty good understanding of what forgiveness was all about. I mean, he'd personal experience with it. He'd walk through it. And I think that he had a prophetic glimpse, a revelation 
of the forgiveness and the grace of God that will be extended to him in the person of Jesus Christ. I like how it says that he forgives all of your iniquities. Didn't say some of them or a third of them or 25% like you got a deductible on that. He said that they were all covered. And all, I looked it up in the Hebrew. Do you know all means all? And that's a pretty good thing because according to the book of Romans, you got a long list of things that you are guilty of. <laughs> we could be here all day just reading some of the stuff in Romans. I mean, he talked about wickedness, immorality. He talked about rebellion, disobedience to parents, bad attitudes, you know, problems, murder, the stuff you say out of your mouth. And, you know, we could sit here, we could really highlight some of the attitudes, the problems, the rolling of your eyes, cheating on your taxes, stealing from Walmart. I mean, there's an end-ending list of things. Romans chapter 3 says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means ain't nobody ever lived such a righteous life that'll get you into heaven. All of us are guilty of sin. That's why it says he forgives all your iniquities. He's made provision for it. I am so grateful that he has forgiven our sin. Think about it. He forgives all your iniquities. And I like how he builds upon this thought. If you read further on down in verse 10, it tells us he's not dealt with us according to our sin. That is a good thing that you don't get what you deserve. Can I get a witness on that? I mean, there's some things you deserve, and because of Jesus, you don't have to have He's not punished us according to our iniquities. Aren't you glad about that? It says in verse 11, I love this, As the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy, his forgiveness towards those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, how far is the east from the west? It's immeasurable. It says that's how far he's removed our transgressions from us. Infinite, unending, immeasurable. Verse 17 says it's from everlasting to everlasting. And when the disciples tried to get their minds wrapped around, they said, how many times do we have to forgive? And Jesus just responded with a mathematical equation, 70 times seven. And while they went to figure out exactly what that was, it's not 490 times, it's an unending amount. He's just saying, you better make that a lifestyle. But I'm grateful for the forgiveness of God. The best thing about being forgiven is it gives you a great sense of relief. I mean, I, <laughs> I still remember what it's like to get right with God after being in sin and how good it felt to receive his mercy. When you've been forgiven, the next thing that happens is joy starts to flood your heart. You know how I know that's true? Because I got little children and sometimes they get mad and they start fighting and beating each other and we got to separate them and break them up and then we got to tell them that they're wrong and we got to make them forgive each other and they start crying and forgiving and then once they've been forgiven, they get noisy and loud again, filled with joy because that's what happens. But you know the challenge with forgiveness, I mean, think about it. He forgives all your sins. Just forgiving someone else's little sin is hard for you to do. He, he forgave all your sins. Forgiveness isn't always easy. Sometimes it's hard, but a hard heart is worse. If your heart is so hard and so bitter, you can't forgive people. It's probably evidence of the fact that you yourself don't have a good grasp on just how much you have been forgiven by God. That's what he tells us. He says you ought to freely forgive people. And so the first thing we're covering in the employee benefits package this morning is the forgiveness of God. As a result of that forgiveness, we ought to forgive each other. Because you all know of the petty, stupid things you've done. And thank God he forgave you. Isn't that right? Now, fringe benefit number two. Here's the second part of the perks package. I'm still in verse number three. 
it says he heals all of your diseases. So healing is covered. This is where we get into the life or the health insurance aspect of this package. He forgives all and he heals all. Man, I love that. He's able to heal every part of your being. I love what the book of Exodus says. I am the Lord who heals you. Jesus is referred to as the great physician. He's a pretty good doctor. He's such a good doctor that in the book of Matthew, when multitudes of people were gathered in six, the Bible says that he healed them all. That's a pretty good doctor who can bring healing to every person who is there. Now, I believe that healing has been provided for us in the covenant. 1 Peter 2 and verse 24, when the Bible says, by his stripes that you were healed. And this is a remarkable thing to me, that he can heal you in every way, head to toe, from inside to the outside, from top to bottom. He's got a complete and total healing package in your life. That means that he can heal your mind. He heals your mind when he renews your mind. When when you've got the word of God going through you, and your thoughts become higher, and, 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 and you start dwelling upon his precious promises, and what he says about you, and you start thinking upon righteousness, that's where that mind of yours starts getting renewed. It says to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That means that old memories you had that are painful suddenly become foggy, distant memories. It means that things that you used to dwell upon that were sinful or you thought you'd take pleasure, it's like those things you can hardly remember. They're hard to wrap your mind around. They become foggy. Live in the past. He's able to heal your mind. He's able to heal your soul. Psalm 147, verse 3, it says he heals the brokenhearted and binds up all their wounds. And sometimes the internal wounds that you have, the emotional pain that you have, is even a deeper thing sometimes than physical stuff. Because what happens internally is when you've got a wound there, this is how people get triggered. That's a word for the 21st century we live in. People are getting triggered all over the place. Music will do it, words will do it, the internet will do it, Facebook will do it. Before you know it, somebody just got up on the inside and freaked out. And it's because there's a wound inside your heart. You come back in acquaintance with an old friend of yours or a loved one or something, and and pain strikes up, and all of a sudden you get triggered and you can't quite figure it out. But Jesus, through his blood, has made provision for you to be healed of that man. It starts with forgiveness. It's his healing hand. It's his ability to just work in your life and, and love on you and bring you into a place of peace. And I also believe that the Bible makes provision for physical healing in a body. Provision for it. Doesn't mean it's guaranteed. It just means that he's made provision through his blood. You know, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I mean, he is a healing Jesus. And when we were in India, I watched sometimes as people would have miraculous things take place. It was pretty incredible, praying in the name of Jesus. One guy, he had a steel rod in his arm and could not move it. And by the end of the night, he was jumping up and down, moving his arm. It was instantaneous. It's the power of God. Sometimes healing is progressive, though. And I've seen this play out. You know the story of my mom. Man, I'm so grateful that the Lord did that in her life, and she had a progressive healing after an aneurysm, and the doctors put her in the 1% of people who come out without any side effects. And I'm just grateful. I've seen God's healing hand. Hey, you know what's even better than healing? Divine health in your life. When we talk about he heals you, let's talk about divine health. That's really his best. Man, I was praying, we were reading Psalm 91 verse 16 last week. Anyone catch that last week? With long life, 
He said, I'll satisfy you. And I started praying for people over 65, and I just felt this heat and anointing come upon me. I mean, and it got me thinking about, you know, how many people I know in this church that are in good health in latter years? Hey, listen, if you've got good health and you're strong, you better tell your friends, you better tell somebody, I go to that church over there because they got a bunch of healthy people living a long time. <laughs> That's what God can provide, man. He, he gives you length of days, long life. And when you do things like honor your parents and walk in love and forgive people, the Bible says your days can be long upon the earth. Divine health. Man, I love that. Man, that's God's ability to bring healing into your life. Heal you from the inside out, top to bottom, every part of you. He heals you from sin. What a, what a healing Jesus we serve. Perk number three. And I'm in the fourth verse. Here it says that he redeems your life from destruction. So the fourth or the third benefit we could talk about here is summed up in the word redemption. And that means that you have been bought back, bought with a price. I have been redeemed. If you've ever been to a restaurant with me, you know I like to use coupons, partly because I have little children and we have to stay on budget. <laughs> but there is some joy when you present a coupon and the restaurant buys it back from you at a discounted price. It's, it's the coupon being redeemed. You know, 1 Peter chapter 1 says that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold, but you were redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus. That means that you were bought with a price, the price of his blood, which means that there's a great value placed upon your soul. And if you really understood what he meant when he said redemption, what he's talking about is buying you back so that you belong to him. I'm his property. That is why my life is redeemed from destruction. Interesting that he put that together. Redeemed from destruction. You know, destruction, death, problems, these come as a result of the curse of the law. That's what happens when sin is in the land. When there's sin, and because of the fall that Adam had in the garden, we've got sin running around in the world, and the inevitable... And natural consequence of sin is always going to be destruction. That's what Jesus said about the devil. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You want to wonder why we have droughts going on? And I submit to you it's more than just people driving big old semis down the road creating global warming. I would submit to you that it's the effects of sin in a planet. A planet that is growing increasingly corrupted. You wonder where you know, sickness and disease come among people? Well, the book of James answers that. It becomes through the sinfulness of people sometimes. I mean, sometimes it has these consequences. Where, where do troubles and challenges and drug use, where does it come from? It comes because of mankind's fallen state. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I got good news for you. My Bible tells me in the book of Galatians chapter 3 that I have been redeemed from the curse of the law so that the blessing of Abraham, the blessing of God, might come upon me. That means that I don't have to live my life in destruction. I can live redeemed from the curse of the law. Redemption. The Hebrew word is the word ga'al. And what ga'al means, it's setting in process something known as the kinsman redeemer. It's associated with a Levitical system. In the Old Testament, what they would do if a person had land that was theirs, but they had no heir. The, say, say the father of the family died. They would go through a process 
of a kinsman, a close relative who would redeem and buy back that property. And what the Bible is indicating us here, here is that when you accept Jesus as your personal Savior, he, He's bought your soul back some property in your life and redeeming you from eternal destruction. He, he's bought your soul back. That's what redemption is. I have been bought with a price, the Bible says. And therefore, my life is not my own. And when I submit to God, put him first, walk with him in my life, that's where my life is redeemed from destruction. It's a good benefits book, isn't it? You better read the little fine print on some of these details so you understand what he's provided for you. Daily, he loads me with benefits. These are benefits. I don't want to forget them. Now, benefit number four is still in this fourth verse. I like this one. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. I did a little word study on the words loving kindness and tender mercies. Do you know what those words are? It just simply means goodness and mercy. That's a fourth benefit right here. That's the same phrase, the same Hebrew wording David used in Psalm 23, 6. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. It's the, the Hebrew word loving kindness is the word hesed, H-E-S-E-D, and what has said is, is the goodness of God. Has said in my coming, has said in my going. I mean, God is good in your life. And his goodness is on display through the mercies of God. Ooh, I've been dwelling about the mercy of God. Goodness and mercy. going to follow me all the days of my life. That means that wherever I go, goodness and mercy go with me. Now, I live in this neighborhood that's got little trails in it. And I found on some occasions that I'll be walking with the Lord just, it, it's like his goodness would just show up, man. And I feel so appreciative and so honored to have his presence in my life. And I just feel his goodness go with me. His goodness will go with you when you go to Walmart. I mean, through the valley of the shadow of death. I mean, <laughs> it'll go with you where you go. His goodness, his favor, it says in Psalm 512, surrounds you like a shield. It means it's always with you. It, 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 it's his it, protective abilities. We talked about that last week, man. His goodness is there. It's on display. It says that he's crowned you with goodness. That means that you ought to wear it loud and proud with a smile on your face because people will see the goodness of God upon your life. They can see it. They wonder, how did that work out so well for you? And it's because of the goodness of God. And I've said it before, I'll say it again. One of my favorite verses is Micah chapter 7, when it says the Lord is compassionate and he delights in mercy because you'll never meet anybody more good and more gracious than God. You know, I got a sweet wife. I mean, she's pretty easy to deal with. I had one guy said, if you got a problem with Elizabeth, brother, you got a problem. But I mean, even Elizabeth isn't as sweet as the Lord Jesus Christ. You know that? Jesus is good in everything he does. Look at verse number 8. He, the Lord is merciful, he's gracious, slow to anger, mm. aren't you glad, and abounding in mercy. This is his goodness. Thinking about it, I've been dwelling upon how good God has been to me. I mean, I've just been thinking about it. And, you know, like, like I was telling you, sometimes I'll go on walks, and it's almost overwhelming to me. I'm not really an inherently emotional person, but sometimes I get filled with gratitude and emotion. Just thinking about how good God has been to me. Man, I, I'll tell you, he's so good to me. He's got me living in Montana in the midst of COVID craziness. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I'm just grateful I live here. That's the goodness of God. I'm grateful for my family. I got wonderful little kids. and 
I got a great, beautiful wife. And, and you know, we, we've had fun. We've been camping a lot. You know, you hear me talk about it. Hey, on the last camping trip that we were on, I was one mile outside of the rest stop by Columbus. And I'm driving along, and boom, I see something, and I look out the rear view mirror, and you know what I see is my tire flying down the road. <laughs> and I got a phone call from my mother who was following us. She said, I, I think something happened to your tire. I, I just, one mile down there, I pulled over to the rest stop, and God sent the angel Dwayne Inger, my father-in-law, to help me change the tire. <laughs> I could have talked about that in the protective hand of God, but I'm just calling that the goodness of God. Man, he's got you covered. He's good to you. I'm grateful for my friends, man. My friends enrich my life. I, I, I'm basically drama-free. I got rid of the bad friends. I've got good friends. I've got no drama. I'm grateful for this church. I'm grateful it's healthy. I'm grateful that it's paid for. Come on, somebody. I am grateful that it has a future. Man, we got little children everywhere, and one day you're going to see them on the platform singing, serving the Lord. That is a future. That gets me excited about what's ahead. Man, the goodness of God. And I, I think about it, you know, in my own personal life, he put me in a home. And, and it, it seemed like there was no way, but God knew how to find the right home and put me in there. And I'm even thankful for that old suburban I drive so I can transport children around everywhere I go. I mean, the, the goodness of God, how good has God been to you? I find that the way that I access God's goodness is when I acknowledge it and am grateful for it. You know, it's a funny thing. The world today online all uses passwords to access any account you have. And if you're not careful, you know, you got a hundred different passwords and you can't remember all of them. But there is one password that will help you access the goodness of God and it's spelled gratitude. If you just stay grateful and thankful and appreciative of His goodness and His mercy... You can experience it on a daily basis. Now, that is a good perk. That's a great fringe benefit. How good has God been to you? Maybe you're struggling because you haven't acknowledged it and don't really appreciate what he's done. And I'm just thankful for his goodness in my life. The goodness of God, David said, we can experience in the land of the living. His goodness in your life. Be thankful for what he's done for you. Man, I'm thankful for what's provided for me in this book. Fringe benefit number five. I like this. It tells us that he satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, this is a great benefit. This benefit is called satisfaction. Satisfies your mouth with good things, like tacos on a Tuesday. <laughs> Actually, you know what? He, he, like, he can satisfy you more than a Snickers can when you're hungry in the afternoon. You know that? We're talking here about satisfaction. And the idea is the fulfillment of, of certain things. One commentator called it the reasonable things you've been desiring. <laughs> that there's something about God. He sees desires. He sees appetites, things that you appreciate. Psalm 37, says, verse 7, says that the Lord will give you the desires of your heart. And, and there's certain things that you just take de de delight and desire it. And it's like God has the ability to fulfill them. He'll satisfy you with good things. You know, 1 Timothy chapter 6 says that he gives us all things richly to enjoy. Richly. 
I mean, freely. And it says in Psalm 35 that the Lord takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants, which means that he wants to bless you in areas of your life because he's a good father. That is what is part of the fringe benefits package that we're talking about this morning. Satisfaction. He, he can satisfy your mouth with good things. Now, I have experienced much of what the world has to offer. I have been blessed to travel most of America and several different countries. And, and I've had moments in life where it felt like I was rich and moments in life where it felt like we didn't have nothing. Uh, being rich is better. <laughs> it feels better. Uh, I've experienced rebellion and pleasure and drifting away from God. But the only time I've ever experienced satisfaction is when I'm walking with God. Because that's something the world cannot offer. How could it? He, he, he satisfies his servants. It, it says he'll satisfy you so that your youth is 31. The eagles, if you have a cross-reference in your Bible, it's going to take you over to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. And what that verse says, it, it, it talks about mounting up with wings like eagles. And, and the idea here, you know what eagles do, is they're the longest living species of bird. And it's because they have this amazing ability to replenish their feathers. Because, you know, if you've been flying for a long time, your feathers kind of get uh, crusty and beat up and old, and it feels like that old body of yours sometimes. But what, what it says right here is that he will satisfy you with new feathers so you can fly further and go faster. And this is what the Bible is telling me. He will satisfy you, even in old age like an eagle, so you can soar through the air in life. Yeah. Here it says, look, look at verse number six. The Lord executes... Righteousness and justice to the oppressed. He will satisfy you with righteousness and justice. In other words, you'll see his hand of faithfulness at work in your life. And God has this amazing ability over time to right certain wrongs. Certain things that you thought were unjust or you have questions about. As I have lived upon the earth and, and, and gone, I have seen how people inevitably reap what they sow. And God has this amazing ability to take things that were unjust or troubling, and, and he can turn them around for good. That is a satisfying thing, to walk with a God who is able to satisfy the appetite, the desire you have for justice in the earth. It tells us in verse number 7, he made known his ways to Moses, but his acts to the children of Israel. Ooh, this is such a great verse. He will satisfy you, so that you're familiar with his ways and not just his acts. You know, there's a deep sense of satisfaction that can only come through having a meaningful, deep, personal relationship with Jesus. And that cannot come sitting on a church chair on Sunday mornings alone. There is something about walking with him in a meaningful way that is powerful and precious and the only thing that can satisfy. And David's using the example of Moses. He said, you can be like the children of Israel and observe him from a distance, or you can have a meaningful relationship with God where you're pressing into him and know him. That is what satisfaction is about. And he made a way for us to have a meaningful relationship with him. Yeah, this verse is powerful. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. I have found myself praying this prayer. I often, sometimes I don't know why some things happen in life. I get confused about it. I'm like, Lord, 
I don't understand your ways all the time. Why are you allowing this to happen? Why am I going through this? Why, why does it feel like, you know, I'm just, my emotions are up and down? And, and I've, I've been praying that. It, when, when you know what days are like, let me tell you, what, like Moses, I'll tell you what you'll experience. You'll experience his presence in your life. You can have his presence in your life on a daily basis. It doesn't have to be at church. You can have him in your quiet time, in your devotional time. You, you can experience him in a personal, meaningful way. He, he's right there. In his presence, we said, his fullness of joy. So you can experience that. When you get to know him like Moses did, you can experience purpose for your life, the call of God. That's what the Lord did in Moses' life. It says that Moses drew near the burning bush. I'm telling you, God has got burning bush moments for people, but not everybody draws near. If you really want to know his ways, you have to press into him. You've got to lean into him. That's what James says. You draw near to the Lord. He'll draw near to you. If you want purpose, you've you got to get close to Jesus. Because that's something people ask me all the time. What is the purpose? What is the call of God I'm supposed to be doing? What, what? My answer is always the same thing. Seek him. Get close to him. Go after him. That's where you'll find satisfaction. In his presence, in his purpose. He'll show it to you. Yeah. And if you think about Moses' life, there was a lot of pain associated with it. Sometimes the satisfaction that we feel comes from some of the difficult things that you go through in life and come out on the other side. That's what Paul said in Philippians 3. He said, that I may know him and the fellowship of his sufferings. Sometimes the deepest places you get to in your relationship with God is when you go through heartache and pain and walk through it and find out on the other side that he is faithful, that he brought you through it, and then you feel deeply satisfied that you've got a Savior who cares about you and knows how to walk you through those difficult places in life. There's something satisfying about feeling his, his hand of guidance and, and, and provision in your life. Man, I'm, I'm just, I thank the Lord, man. This is fringe benefits that we have. You know, when I was uh, at that hotel, you know, growing up, it was like uh, when I was in 20 and, and they was preparing for ministry, that was the first job that I had that came with benefits. It had, you know, retirement plan, and it had a, uh, you know, a 401k. It even had vacations. I never had a job with benefits. The best jobs come with benefits. Can I get a witness? And I'm telling you that these are benefits that belong to you. Now, it could, you know what I found out about the benefits programs at jobs? I found out something very interesting about them. You have to enroll in them. I met people who, uh, Said, yeah, my job's got a 401k. I said, did you put anything in it? Well, no. Listen, that's the closest thing you'll ever get to free money. I mean, it, it's pretty incredible to, to, to be enrolled in a benefits program package. You have to, you have to actively apply. You got to get it. Yeah. Now, if, if you want to experience some of the benefits that are here for you, you you're going to have to accept the fact that God has forgiven you of sin, which for some of us is easy. For some of us, it's hard. And you can always tell when it's hard, when you have a hard time forgiving other people. And if your heart is hard and it's filled with unforgiveness, it's a pretty good indication you really haven't received the forgiveness that Jesus offers us. I mean, he's just given his hand out freely for you to forgive people. How easy is that? I have found that forgiveness is one of the most freeing things. And I was telling somebody this the other day, one thing I like about being 40 
is that you care less and less about what people think, and it's easier just to forgive and move on. And I pity people when they stay stuck in unforgiveness. That's part of the package. Forgiveness. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, you got to get enrolled here in the, the uh, health insurance department here. Healing. Jesus is a healing Jesus. He can heal you head to toe, top to bottom, inside out. And I always pray for healing. That's something I appreciate. And we'll pray for you if you got a condition in your body or, you know, you got something you're going through. And try, we will spend time praying with you. Come down to these altars. The book of James says that the call for the elders of the church, anoint them with oil, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. That's what it says. I take that literally. We'll, we'll pray over people. If you want, we'll do that. Maybe, uh, maybe the benefits enrollment that you got to figure out is that you have been redeemed. That means that your life has been bought with a price and that you belong to him. And if you want to experience his blessing instead of destruction, what it means is you've got to walk with him. Now, I said something earlier. He has made provision for forgiveness, for healing, for redemption. But it's not guaranteed. You can accept Jesus as a savior, but never really made him your Lord. You never really surrendered to him, never fully committed yourself. And all the while, you're like the children of Israel. And you're living outside the camp, just seeing what he does, not knowing who he is. That's what redemption is. I have been redeemed. My life is bought with a price. I'm willing to lay it down. I'm willing to offer it up as a sweet-smelling aroma, as a sacrifice. And I say that because that's where a lot of people live. They never get to a place where they're, 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 they've surrendered themselves over totally to the Lord. You know, in some ways, you never do. You're always fighting your flesh. But I, I'm, I'm someone who, man, I want to lay my life down. Anyone feel that way? I, I want him in my life. I have been redeemed. And so every decision I make, I, I, I'm saying, Lord, what do you want me to do in this? It belongs to you with my money, with my children. Lord, Lord what is your will? How, how can I honor you with this? That's what it means to be redeemed. Yeah. And we could talk about his goodness and mercy. We could talk about his satisfaction. You got to taste and see that the Lord is good. There's something precious about who he is. I feel like that God is calling us as a people deeper, uh, that he's calling you to get out the boat, walk with him in a deeper way. Like sometimes you just get comfortable in your Christian walk and you stay at a certain place, but knowing who he is, finding his goodness and being satisfied with him means that you want to experience him in a more meaningful way. Does anyone feel that way? If you want to grow in your relationship with God, if you want to lay it down even more, I want to pray with you. Is this sitting with anybody? Put a hand up if you want to receive this prayer. If you say, Lord, I want you to call me out of the boat. I want to come deeper with you. I, I want to know you more. That, that's what's in this package, and I want to pray this over you. Father, in Jesus' name, I just thank you for a group of people committed to you, serving you. I pray, Lord, that we would have a revelation of just how good you are in your mercy. And I pray it would draw us out of a place of lethargy. It would draw us out of a place of bitterness and bondage and slavery. I pray it would breathe on us in such a way that we're freely willing to forgive people, that, that we can walk with you and be satisfied by who you are. Lord, I pray that deep, meaningful, powerful, intimate relationship with every person here, that we'd hear your voice, that we'd experience your presence, that we'd have your character rubbed off in our lives. I pray that over this people in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And I feel the presence of the Lord. Y'all feel his presence here? That's a peaceful thing. You know, it's a, a, 
troubling is when uh, you're inundated these days, it seems like, with credit card offers, generous credit card offers sent to your wife. <laughs> and it, it's a funny thing, you know, the thing about a credit card is that uh, they have a negotiated limit that's already been set. And when you accept Christ as your Savior, you're accepting His terms and you become pre-qualified for all the spiritual benefits and resources that are available to you. Yeah. It, it, it's like you just got to sign your name and say, I accept this. It's been taken care of. All the rates are set. All the benefits exist. I'm enrolling myself in the program. And I just want to give you the opportunity, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you need to get enrolled in this benefits package, if you've never accepted the Lord, I'm grateful for his generosity in my life. I'm grateful for the goodness of the Lord. Mm. Amen. Amen. Hey, looks like you've been enrolled in the program, which means you need to get someone else enrolled. <laughs> so invite someone out to church uh, the 22nd. We're going to have a great time. Uh, will you stand up with me? Oh, man, I'm just grateful. If you need prayer this morning, we, we, we're here for prayer. I want to invite our altar workers down here. I feel the presence of God healing in your body. Maybe you've got to work through something with somebody and forgive them. Or maybe you just want to experience God's goodness in a new, fresh way. We want to pray with you. I want to thank you for coming out this morning. It has been great to have you in the house of the Lord. And I'm thankful today that it, there's a cold front coming, but it will come after we go swimming. Thank God. <laughs> Catch you all next week. We love you very much. Amen.